This time on episode 488 of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., we discuss Loki, season 2, episode 3, 1893. This podcast was recorded during the 2023 SAG-AFTRA strike. Without the labor of the actors currently on strike, the series being covered here would not exist. I'm Josh Liston from On The Bubble Podcast, an oral history of television fandom. Part of the Gunner Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other awesome geeky shows at GunnerGeekNetwork.com. You have been granted clearance by director Alfonso Mac McKenzie. Stand by for a shield debriefing. All information to be discussed here is classified and may only be discussed among agents granted clearance by the SHIELD director. Now it's time for your scheduled debriefing. I am Agent Michelle. I'm Agent Chris. And I'm producer of the show, Director SP. Welcome to the Legends of SHIELD podcast. The show is recorded on Saturday, October 21st, 2023, live from the Legends of SHIELD studios and broadcast TVA-wide. Come and join our live chat as we record. And if you didn't already catch on to it, we love talking about Marvel. Because of some good old-fashioned romantic jealousy. If you'd like to talk to us about romantic jealousy, you can visit our website, legendsofshield.com. If you want to tell us about that dirty, dirty Jolene who's just trying to steal your man, you can leave us a voicemail at 844-THE-BUS-1. That's 844-843. If you love to discuss love triangles, you can join our Discord server at gunnageek.com slash discord. And don't forget that Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a proud member of the gunnageek.com network, and I'm pretty sure we all love each other over there. Not in love triangles, though. No, there's too many points for that. It's a dodecahedron, at least. I, I don't even know what that means, so... We'll just uh, leave that be for now. We'll talk. We're, I'm excited to talk about this episode of Loki. When did you guys watch it? When it Last aired. Night. And when is that, Michelle? It's at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. All right. You know, that brings up a point. We could conceivably live tweet since it publishes at 9 p.m. every week, Eastern time on Thursdays. That is true, but I am doing show notes at the same time. Ah, okay. Also, that's past my bedtime. Uh, it's kind of past my bedtime, too, so <laughs> I don't know. We'll see if uh, they fix the strike soon enough. Maybe Lauren can do it, because it's earlier, her time. That is true. Okay. Anyway, we're going to be talking about Loki Season 2, Episode 3. You guys ready to roll it? Yep. I've got a surprise, and I don't think you're ready for it. No, that makes me... Yeah, okay. We'll see. Loki Season 2, Episode 3, titled 1893. Premiered on Disney Plus on October 19th, 2023. Michelle, I think you actually have a Disney Plus description. 1893. Loki and Mobius go on the hunt to find everyone's favorite cartoon clock as they try to save the TVA. 
All right. That's pretty much what happened, I think. Chris, first thoughts. Again, I ask, but with a different reason this time, who's the big bad here? Because it could be multiple people, and I'm excited for that. The timey-wimey stuff begins. And again, I'm asking the question, what's the point for the MCU? All right, Michelle, you wanted to talk about timey-wimey stuff. I think we should start there. So what do you got? Oh, boy. Here we go with sacred timelines and branch timelines and predestined actions versus free will. We have Ramona finding Miss Minutes. Miss Minutes saying he had a plan. This is the plan. You have to deliver a TVA manual to Victor Timely. But so here we go. OB wrote the manual. Victor gets the manual and starts inventing the things that the manual is about. But the TVA forms. But now Victor is at the TVA and timey-wimey who actually ends up inventing the TVA. And yeah. On the other hand, Timey Wimey, we get to go back to the past and be in 1893 and 1860 stuff, which is cool too. But 1893 was such a cool time period for them to set this in. And this is the surprise. See, it's nothing really to worry about. That's going to drive me nuts in post. <laughs> so, so yes, the 1893, it was interesting. I'm glad they brought up the Chicago fire, by the way, because that was in the intervening years. It kind of gave them carte blanche to create one set and then wipe everything off and then they create the world's fair set or whatever that fair set was afterwards. It gave them the opportunity to do that. So I thought that was pretty neat running over there. Also the time period with all the inventors and all the, the newfangled things, which is basically magic. What is magic? It's just science that we haven't discovered yet for a lot of part. Right? So the fair was pretty good. The timey-wimey stuff, that was blowing my mind because, Chris, you were asking who the big bad was. Is the big bad OB? It could be, maybe. It could be Miss Minutes. It could be Renslayer. It could be Victor Timely. And maybe in some weird world, it could be Loki and Mobius if they're trying to fix something that doesn't need fixing. Victor is an interesting variant. I had the perception that all the variants would come at about the same time on the timeline. But I guess it's not true because I had the perception that he who remains was in the future as he was describing things, right? And then we actually have to go into the past, at least relative to us, the past to get Victor Timely, who is a variant of he who remains. That alone is blowing my mind well he talked about in one of the movies i think it was quantum mania or something where he one of his variants the discovers a way to manipulate time and find the multiverse and then they get together and they share technology and they make each other better so maybe it's one in which we're more technologically advanced at this time, or again, timey-wimey. Talking about the timeline, by the way, just 
in this past week. I guess October 17th, 2023 is the date in the MCU that the battle at the end of Endgame occurs. RIP in pieces, Tony Stark. Exactly. People were posting a lot on social media about Tony Stark on October 17th, which is just a few days ago, as we record this, four days ago. But Victor Timely, the way it's set up where Loki is terrified of this guy and terrified of any variants, right? He's up on stage. He's giving quite a spectacular speech that could be out of the Disney parks, right? But at the same time, when you take it in context and the terrifying nature of everything, it's like this is the most terrifying. Loki, the dude who has seen a lot, including Thanos, is killed by Thanos. But anyway, the dude was afraid of he who remains. And he's afraid of Victor Timely as he's given this. You, it, just the acting of Tom Hiddleston going, <gasps> as we're watching basically a terrifying Walt Disney up there on stage. Again, it goes to which variant are we talking to? Are all the variants the same? Mobius is like, you mean this guy? You're terrified of this guy? Look at him. And that becomes at the end where Sylvie confronts him and he's like, you don't know what I will become. I'm not the person who did all these things to you. I haven't done anything bad. She's like, you will be doing something bad. Is everything written? She wants free will, but is she being manipulated by the timey-wimey stuff and still doesn't have free will, but she doesn't know it because she thinks she's the queen of free will? Yeah, he's terrified of a variant, which is logical. It's very logical considering what he knows. Because most of the other variants that we've seen of He Who Remains are a big, scary dude who it can just really mess you up. And you do get a little bit of that Blade Runner aspect here of punishing people for things they haven't done yet, or at least the attempt to by Sylvie, which I think was a really nice touch to the story. Is Blade Runner, and then there's also that Tom Cruise movie. Minority Report. Thank you. Yeah, you get different things happening. This is supposed to be on the sacred timeline, though, which I want to assume that we are on the sacred timeline, but I don't know that for sure. It's like it starts on the sacred timeline, but then when we go to the 1893, get my numbers correct, it says branch timeline. Oh, I didn't catch that. Okay. Because Sylvie. That's where the temp pad oral came from. Okay. Did you guys catch Miss Minutes? And when she made her appearance at the fair, right? Didn't that look like the Stave Puff Marshmallow Man out of Ghostbusters? Didn't that kind of look like that? Yeah. A nice mix between that and a Pac-Man ghost. Yeah, that too. Didn't think about that. But she got really big. I didn't know she could do that. I didn't know she could get bigger or smaller. She's Miss Minutes. She is a sentient AI created before the multiversal war, before the TVA. Chris, you brought it up, so we're going to have to talk about it. This menage a trois. So you've got Victor Timely, and you've got two people who are heads over heels, or two entities that are heads over heels, no pun intended there, 
for Victor Timely. And they're fighting each other for his attention. And ultimately, he's like freaked out by both and tries to get rid of it. But what's going on with this infatuation with Victor Timely? Well, I mean, Renslayer, I'm not sure. I mean, it's just, that's probably just your standard human thinks other human is hot kind of thing. Miss Minutes, though, that's her creator. That's the person who has made her everything she is, who completely taught her everything. And when you think about it like that, it's a little weird because she's essentially Oedipus in here and falling in love with her daddy. But then she's just not letting anything else happen with Victor Timely. Nobody else gets to get close to him. Nobody else can have any kind of interest showed to or from him. And she is way too overprotective of somebody who is not her boyfriend. So Miss Minutes gets Renslayer to go back and give the TVA guidebook manual to Victor Timely. I think that's Miss Minutes' plan. I don't think He Who Remains had that plan at all. But then how did he know all the science to do to make everything? That's He read the book. Yeah. He was given the manual. Mm-hmm. But if he had never gotten the manual, then all the stuff never would have been invented like that, so he wouldn't have had to go back and have people go back in time to give him the book so he could do it. I'm saying it wasn't his idea. I think it was Miss Minute's idea. She kept talking about this is how he will become the man he's supposed to become, which is her ideal version. Because when they're in his workshop, she says, you're so much like him. So she knows he isn't him, him, but she knows that he is very close to the him who gave her everything but a body any sort of body whether it's a cyborg body or just anything which could be frustrating when you've given everything but this one tiny thing that she's wanted i want to be a real girl Pinocchio syndrome. Pretty much. That battle in the workshop, for lack of a better term, in Wisconsin. By the way, it is fitting that Wisconsin is the center for universal end. But this workshop, the battle in there, and the different stages, it was done very well. It was built up and crescendo up and down. Quite, I give a lot of cred to the director and the writers. And of course, the performances here where it just got suspenseful to the point where every action, even though if you put in context of a huge battle might not have been that big of an issue, but every single major thing that happened inside the workshop was huge. It was monumental. It was impactful to the plot. It was impactful to the actors and, or, or the characters. It was just, it was well done. I, I was paying attention during the entire thing, just captivated the first time that I was watching it through. And it was very pivotal, I think. And, but it's still, to me, it's like, okay, pivotal for what? So we've got a, a, a plot moment, a major plot moment, but 
plot moment for what? What's the end game here? I just, I don't understand. We're halfway through the series, and I just don't understand what we're really trying to do. Is the whole point of this second season just fixing the TVA? Fixing the time loan. Okay, so then this is a side quest. This is like something, if this didn't happen, it wouldn't change anything in the MCU. If this does happen, it doesn't change anything in the MCU. We fix the time loom. We get to know more about he who remains, or at least the idea of his variance. We see the end of time again with he who remains body decomposing. That was quite the visual to see. Yeah, as Renslayer is uh, transported there. But I, I don't think... If you're just watching the MCU and you do see Kang in Ant-Man Quantumania, I think that's all you really need to know. Like I said before, when during episode one, we were talking about episode one, I am divorcing it from the MCU just so I can enjoy it. Yeah, I think you have to. And that's been my point all along, too, is I think we've been saying the same thing for just uh, two different sides of the coin. Like, what's the point for the MCU? It's it, There is no point for the MCU. It's just a decent story. You got Tom Hiddleston. You get to see his acting chops. We're introduced to these good characters like Mobius and Sylvia and stuff like that. But I don't think any of it's going to port over back into the MCU. I think according to the main timeline, Loki is dead. If, if they ever want to bring back Tom Hiddleston into the MCU, they could using this. But I just don't see it happening. I think this is just fun DLC. And... There's nothing wrong with that. Like, I think they're counting on people who are watching this having seen most of the movies, but they're not counting on everybody who watches the movies to come back and watch this. It was interesting seeing Victor's obsession with the TVA. I mean, he's had the manual his whole life, so he's kind of romanticized it. And then it comes to the determination in this episode. Whoa, I made the tva so this thing that he idealized it's like i'm responsible for it wow i think there's going to be a little unhealthy obsession going on between creator and the tva going forward it's going to be interesting when he meets ob because he says that he saw the manual as a conversation between me and the author ob but it really makes me wonder if victor timely is even a decent scientist at all or if he's just a dreamer idea guy you know i was thinking of that too because ultimately the time loom was just this false thing that didn't work right the uh, robber baron was like you know this doesn't work i want my thousand dollars back which a thousand dollars back in 1893 probably close to a million dollars now I, I didn't do the conversion but it's probably something like that so it's not small he makes it work to the point where He's using the technology that he has at the time to have a sound and light show, basically a light show, using electricity. And maybe the conduits are there to create what ultimately becomes the time loom, but he simply doesn't have access to the technology at that point in time to make a functional time loom. So while, yes, I agree that he's a bit of a charlatan, on the other hand, he's done a lot what what he has in order to try to make it real. So. I give him engineering props, if not scientist props. On the third hand, I can go make drawings of something and say that we don't have the technology to make it work, too. Look, that's science. You have a hypothesis. You do the thing. 
you realize, oh, this experiment didn't work. Time to come up with a new hypothesis. You try stuff and you mess it up. And sometimes you discover what you intended to discover, or you're working with microwaves and you leave a chocolate bar in your pocket and it melts. And then we get the microwave oven, which was not intentional. What I'm saying though, is like, I can go invent something that requires a faster than light engine and, oh no, we don't have the technology now, but that doesn't make me a scientist because I did that. It makes the person who creates it later a scientist and I could be the inspiration for them, but I'm not a scientist because I made a drawing. Anything that furthers the development of the understanding of the universe around us, I think is science. So even though you don't create faster than light travel, if you can describe some part of physics today that we didn't understand before that ultimately leads to faster than light travel, you are then part of that development. I might just be salty because Kaylee and her education degree is a bachelor's of science and my psych degree is a bachelor <laughs> of arts. So that's a huge cause of debate at my work right now because there's a bonus for science and engineers. So you have to have a specific like engineering degree or science degree that fits in these buckets as well as being on these job series. And a bunch of people that are on the job series but don't have a technical degree are saying, wait, I have a Bachelor of Science in, you know, whatever it is. Could be medieval history. It doesn't matter. If you go to a institution that gives and can only give a degree that is a BS in education, in philosophy, whatever, that doesn't mean you're necessarily a scientist. It just means the degree, the four-year degree that you received is a BS degree versus a Bachelor of Arts degree. It's it's just a weird thing that goes on in education. It also means for the past however many years we've been married, I've been saying her degree is BS. (laughs) I have a BS degree. I also have a couple of MS degrees. Of course you do. Hey, I'm a rocket scientist. Got the degrees to prove it. Well, that's awesome. I think that's awesome. As someone working toward a master's degree. Yeah, any master's degree, any degree at all is a feat. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to put down anybody that has a BA degree over a BS degree. It's just this work distinction that's out there of, of what's a Bachelor of Science versus a Bachelor of Arts degree. And master's degrees are very, very difficult to achieve. PhD degree, PhD degree, I elected not, I was offered the opportunity multiple times. I elected not to because I just didn't want to do any more school. I didn't want to do it. But I know people even now that are getting, on the network that are getting their PhDs. So on the Gunna Geek network that are getting PhD degrees. So yeah, I give them all props for going and doing that. Clean yourself, Michelle. Anyway, Chris, was this a good episode? I really liked it. Like I can sit here and say, I don't know who the big bad is and I don't know what's going on. And could this possibly have been solved by some simple communication because it seems like Renslayer and Miss Minutes were kind of trying to get the same thing done as Loki and Mobius, at least close enough to where they could have worked together a little bit and then realized they were doing different things and started to fight. But the way that they did it all, I think was really good. And in this instance, it did kind of make sense that they didn't have that communication. This wasn't like, oh, I forgot I have a cell phone in my pocket. This is people going back in time to get something. They're already 
thinking that the other group is working against them. So why would you try to sit down and talk to your enemy pairing there and try to work something out when you think that they're trying to stop you from getting your goal done? And I'm, oh, I like, I thought the first two episodes were fun. This, this is going to make the series everything after this. Oh, I'm so excited for all of this. Michelle, what's the difference between what Minutes, Renslayer, and Mobius want? Renslayer wants order. After eons of being the one who's made the hard decisions and who has led, she wants to be, I think, she who remains because she was willing to destroy this variant and go back to the TVA and fix things because she said the moment I left, everything fell apart. Well, the moment you left is also the moment when Sylvie killed he who remains. Those are two separate events. Did they influence each other or is it just a coincidence that both of these things happened at the same time? If she had stayed at the TVA and Sylvie had still killed He Who Remains, then all of those timelines still would have been branching. Renslayer would have wanted to start to prune them, but there were so many that we probably could still have the time loom issue. Maybe it still wouldn't be as bad. Renslayer... I think she knows she is important. I think she thinks she's too important. She is important. I just think there's a little bit too much that she's, you know, betting on herself. The same with Miss Menitz. Miss Menitz is a creation. She knows a lot of secrets. I thought that was interesting at the end. You don't upset someone who knows every single one of your secrets. And oh, by the way, Renslayer, I'm going to tell you one that's going to upset you. Mobius pleaded with Renslayer in order to get them to work together again, in order to fix the time loom, in order to just get this thing under control. She didn't want to do that. There's a bit of selfishness going on. With Renslayer and Miss Menitz, that isn't la- that isn't there. At least with Mobius, I have no idea about Loki right now. But with Mobius, there isn't as much selfishness as there is with Miss Menitz and Renslayer. Chris, what's the secret? I don't know. She didn't tell me. <laughs> Michelle, what do you think the secret is? We have speculated whether or not Renslayer's memory has been wiped. I think it might have to do something with that. That there was, I think Renslayer might think her memory has never been wiped and has just been pretending because she talks about all the messes that she's cleaned up, Mobius has done, every other decision that she's done, how she sacrificed her humanity. Maybe Miss Minutes knows, oh, by the way, there was a time when you were doing this. And then after the war, 
was one, he wiped your memory about that and you were just there at the creation of the TVA. But there was a time before that. Okay, I've got it. Ready. Oh, all right. Red Slayer is a Kang variant. <gasps> Why not? Yeah. It also takes care of our Jonathan Majors problem. You know, Sylvie. Oh, yeah. I didn't think about that. Sylvie is a low key variant. So it would be fitting that Sylvie was plucked from her Nexus event by Renslayer, who is a Kang variant. Nice. Nicely done. I could see that. And it does potentially fix the Majors problem. If it's a problem, I don't even know if Disney thinks it's a problem anymore because, you know, we haven't really discussed it, but the uh, legal wranglings have proceeded to the point where I think they could, could go forward with majors, you know? So I don't know. I'm not in that position to make that call. I don't know what they're going to do. I know what I would do, but that's just me. Anyway, that's an interesting thought. Michelle, what do you think about that? Renslayer being a Kang variant. I like that. Yeah. It's delicious, isn't it? It is. Almost as good as key lime pie. <laughs> did you just think of that, Chris, or did you read it somewhere or anything? No, I just thought of that. Okay. Nice. Well, I'm going to call that headcanon until we're proven differently. That's oh, nice. It would explain why maybe her memory is wiped, right? And it would explain that he who remains kind of kept her around with a memory wipe just keep tabs on her and she does go after her pretty hard in the in the warehouse too right all right that's a whole new dimension for me to think about it would make sense with the recording you were so helpful to me in the war how else would you work your way up in the war unless you were a kang variant yeah, it did seem like the only soldiers in that were the actual kings themselves. Yeah. Wow. All right. Disney, if I turn out to be right, I promise I did not break into your stories and read that ahead of time. <laughs> please, please don't target me. I did, don't send the ciphers after me. I didn't do anything. Or more importantly, don't send your lawyers after me. We're just guessing, Disney. We're just guessing. Wow. I just get crazy ideas when I have Reese cups for breakfast. Well, we do know that partners are never good. You know, that was the whole thing. He didn't, Victor didn't like partners. Miss Minutes, like, keyed in on that just because it worked to her advantage. So, and at the end, Victor is all alone, really, right? Well, he's going to the TVA. Yeah. But he's shut off Miss Minutes. Yes. All right. I have no idea where this is going. I think. You know, I kind of miss not having Obi in this episode. It'll be nice to see him back next episode, as well as, you know, all of the, the TVA personnel. I'm, I'm guessing it's going to be uh, how do we fix the time loom episode? That's just a guess. We could do anything. There could be an escape. I don't know. Sylvie's involved, too. So we still have the foreshadowing scene of Loki running in the hallway in the future. Right. And, and Sylvie's there to try to get him. And then Loki gets zapped at the end too. He could end up going to that place at the end of time as well again. And we could see the alligator Loki variant again. Yes. Yeah. We are assuming that zap is the zap that got him back 
it's a time maybe there's a different snap a different sap that brought him back because he had to be zapped he had to be pruned in order to go back and become molecules so mobius could get him yeah and something happened somebody zapped him we don't know who so i don't know could be ob i mean it literally and if ob is good or not we don't know so lots of unknowns it'll make an interesting final three episodes michelle has this varied from the standard format so far with these i think it knows where it wants to go and because of that we're getting good episodes from the bat this is following it's not really following it's so far for me it's following she hulk because i think she hulk started very well didn't end very well i mean it ended okay i think this is going to have a much more interesting ending i think we're going to finally get a solid marvel disney plus tv show mm. and really it would be episode seven through 12 and not one through six true all right well guys any last words chris I'm just really excited to see where this one goes. We have so many unanswered questions and in a nice surprise, they're unanswered questions because cool things keep getting brought up and not because we're just not being given answers and having things dragged along. As long as you found them, whereas this might not have any impact to the MCU whatsoever. Yeah. I'm still open to whatever with that. We'll see. Michelle, any last thoughts? Any thoughts about the uh, Ferris wheel? It's cool, wasn't it? Yes, it was cool. I was really curious about how Timely was going to escape them by going on a Ferris wheel. He's very good at escaping. I think that's something that we need to keep an eye on because he had escape plan. He had something already built in there. I think that's a lot of possible foreshadowing. Who knows? Chris, you bring up a point, but on the other hand, in 1893, going to the top of a Ferris wheel could be seen as, okay, so I'm up above everybody else. Maybe they'll forget about me. You know, it's another level, literally, in 1893. Yeah, but you still got to come back down. Right. But the ride in and of itself is amazing. Yeah, I mean, this whole thing, the MCU started because of a Ferris wheel, not because of it, but there was a Ferris wheel in Iron Man, right? As he's flying around, he you know, makes the kid drop the ice cream out of his cone on the Ferris wheel, right? Glad you remember that. It's hard not to forget it. <sighs> All right. Well, I'm looking forward to the next episode. It'll be Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern. We have no idea what the title of the episode is now, but there's three more left, four, five, and six. Not even the penultimate, but we'll, we'll see. I think they're going to fix the time loom, and I think they're going to set up whatever the, the final push is, and then we'll come to a crescendo on that in the penultimate episode, and then we'll come to resolution in episode six. So looking forward to it. All right, Michelle, what should we do now? I think we should hop on the Ferris wheel. 
Ferris wheel rides are always good. Thank you everyone for continuing to listen to us. We appreciate you downloading. We appreciate you communicating back and forth with us over on the discord server and on social media. A little request. If you listen to us on Apple podcasts, if you could go and give us a five-star rating, maybe, maybe jot down a, a positive review. If you're listening this far, we would appreciate that over on Apple podcasts. Yes. Thank you very much. We always appreciate every single one of you who listens to us. And again, join our Discord server. We have a spoiler channel if you want to discuss Loki right away. Or if you have general thoughts, we have a Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. channel. Everybody who listens, you know, we love hearing what you think of the show. So be sure to tell us what you think we're doing amazingly because we know we only do good things here. So that, that's the only thing you're ever going to have to say is how we're so amazing. <laughs> the amazing Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. seen in the future tent of the World's Fair. Well, until next time, on that note, I'm Director SP. I'm Agent Michelle. And I'm Agent Chris. Chris coming in with a great theory. I'm looking forward to seeing it right or wrong. I'm going to sit on it until they prove me wrong. And if they prove me right, then I want to check from Disney. Thank you for listening. If you want to leave us feedback, go to gunageek.com and you will find all our contact information and other shows. You can also visit legendsofshield.com where you'll find our complete archive of podcasts. The music heard on this podcast is by Kevin McLeod, found at incompetech.com and also artists on pond5.com and audiojungle.net. The opinions heard on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and do not represent Stargate Pioneer Productions, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., or Gunna Geek. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the property of the Disney Corporation, Marvel Studios, and ABC. No infringement is intended. Oh, get this. So, my company credit card I've had for a very long time, and the expiration date is in next year, in 2024. And when I made the travel arrangements, I did check to make sure the card was valid. I checked all that. So, I ended up driving for a lot of different reasons, one of which is we just didn't know when I would be able to leave. Another thing is with my daughter pregnant, you know, if something happens, I want to be able to get back here as soon as possible. And sometimes that is not the plane. And I'm in a distance that I can drive just about as long as the plane ride is. And then if you add on any extra time waiting for a plane, I can get home faster by driving. So lots of different reasons to drive. It was a beautiful drive, by the way, with the fall colors and everything. I imagine. But with the credit card, I did not do anything like get a plane ticket. So it was not used before the trip. And luckily, I drove up to the nearest cheap gas station to fill up with the credit card, which I could do within the legalities of the business travel rules and everything. And it said card decline. I was like, what? Now, I have not taken a business trip since before COVID. So the mm -hmm. card has not been used since then. It was still valid, but it had not been used. So I called 
to confirm that the card was valid. And I got, uh, yeah, the account is valid till 31. And I take a look at the card and the expiration date was 24. I'm like, oh crap, there's another card somewhere. So I rush back home. And at this point, it's getting late for me to leave. But I rush back home. I get in to the office here and I'm going through all the places where I would have stuffed a new credit card, could not find it, could not find it. So I called again. I get this stupid automated system. The credit card company will not let me talk to a human being. And I said, I had a problem with the card. He said, let me look at that. Or the automated system said, let me look at that. And he said, oh yeah, you don't have a pin. I'm like, yes, I have a pin. I put a pin on that thing when I got it. And anyway, it said you didn't have a pin. So you need to reset a pin. So I'm like, okay, I'll reset the pin. And mind you, this is like an hour, hour and a half later, right? This is not like instantaneous. It's taken me a while to get to this point. From the point where I tried to use the card to the point where I get to do the reset of the pin. So I reset the pin and then it says, okay, your pin is reset. Now you have to go to a terminal that requires a signature for your first transaction. I'm like, okay, now within the rules of the credit card for travel, I have to find a pad, you know, a point of sale pad that I will put a signature on. So I end up going to a McDonald's for the first time in I don't know how long because I figured they've got the signature pads there, right? Well, they don't have any cash registers anymore. So it's all this. This, I don't know if you guys have used one or not, but you actually have to type in your order on the screen and everything. And then there's a point of sale pad to go to. So I'm using the point of sale pad and it doesn't require a signature. I'm like, that is ridiculous. But it worked. (laughs) So then I went to the gas station. It worked. I'm like, great. So then I come back home because McDonald's is actually in the wrong direction. I come back home. I do some final stuff, clean up because I had thrown stuff everywhere. I clean up and then I get on the road. It's two hours later. So by the time I get to DC, it's a bonus and it's a con because I have now been so late that I missed evening rush hour. So yay, no rush hour. However, it is late. It is dark. And the George Washington Parkway is under construction for six miles with lanes that are literally two inches wider than my car. Okay. So I try to barrel down this lane because I've got like 20 cars backed up behind me. The speed limit is supposed to be 40. I think it should be 30. They've got me pushed to 50. And I I, I feel like I'm flying down the trench in the Death Star. In an X-wing, oh right? God. <laughs> like, oh my god, oh my god, how much longer is this? It's like six miles, six of the eight miles that I had to drive down the George Washington Parkway before I got to uh where wherever the turnoff was, three three ninety-five or whatever. So I'm like, oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> like, can this day get any worse? Wow. That is something. Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is copyright 2013 through 2023.